I think uh, before you guys get a little uh, too comfortable sitting down, I think we can stand one more time and just pray. Let's just pray that God blesses the word. Lord, we thank you for this opportunity to read your word and to hear your word, my God. I know that when we read your word, we are listening to your very voice, my God. I pray, please bless us, Lord, and speak to us tonight, my God. Father, we know that your word is living and that it can change us, Lord. We know that your word is sharp, God. It divides even spirit, soul, and marrow, my God. I pray, change us, God, that we would be more like you, Father. We thank you, Lord, and may you be glorified forevermore, we pray. Amen. I want to share first from a place that I was reading from recently, a place where it is in the Old Testament. I don't want to surprise you with that. I know that we can still learn from the Old Testament. We could learn from that example. And the first place I wanted to read from was the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 4. And this was a verse that when I read it, I was immediately like, I've missed this verse. I do not remember reading this verse. I need to highlight this verse. I need to make sure that I remember this verse. This goes to Deuteronomy chapter 4. Deuteronomy chapter 4. I am reading from the New King James Version Bible. And this is starting at verse 5. And the book of Deuteronomy is a book before the book of Joshua. Joshua was the one who would take Israel to the promised land. Moses could no longer do it because he sinned before God. He didn't hollow God's name. He struck the rock instead of speaking to it. So before he takes Joshua and Israel through to the promised land, he explains, he reviews everything so far to this point. And it's his last words before he himself dies, you could say. So Deuteronomy chapter 4, starting at verse 5, he says, Surely I have taught you statutes and judgments, just as the Lord my God commanded me, that you should act according to them in the land which you go to possess. Therefore, be careful to observe them, for this is your wisdom and your understanding in the sight of the people who will hear all these statutes and say, Surely this great nation is a wise and understanding people. And so I was reading this and I was saying, Israel, coming into this promised land, we know, reading in Deuteronomy chapter 9, I won't read from there, I'll just reference it. God makes it very clear to the people of Israel, very clear. You're not going to this land because of your righteousness. You are not going to this land because of anything that you did good. On the other hand, you guys are a very stiff-necked and wicked people. I'm bringing you to this land because they are so evil, they are so wicked, and you driving them out is the way by which you will obtain the land, and I will fulfill my promise with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And he says, this, these statutes, these rules, these commandments that I've given you, when you follow them, when you obey them, everyone around you will say, what a wise and understanding nation this is a set-apart people for God himself. And as I was reading it, I was saying, Lord, how much more so is it for us Christians? Us Christians, we don't have to follow these rules, these commandments, so to speak. We have new rules, new commandments that we live by, but we no longer have this Mosaic covenant. How much more so should our lifestyle be to the world around us a wise and understanding people? And what happens if we 
do not do this. What happens if we do not live this lifestyle God has called us to? And this is the second place I wanted to read from. This is the book of Ezekiel, Ezekiel chapter 16. And to those of you who are familiar with this book, you already know what I'm basically about to read. But this so happened that Israel, as you guys might be familiar, they were not always faithful to God, and many times they actually fell from God. They stopped obeying God. They started worshiping false idols. They started adopting everything that the nations around them were doing. And it just so happened that as a result of this, instead of the nations looking at them and saying, what a wise and understanding and godly nation this is, they ended up justifying the sin of the nations around them. So this is the book of Ezekiel chapter 16 I'm reading from. The book of Ezekiel chapter 16, and I want to start from verse 48. As I live, says the Lord God, neither your sister Sodom nor her daughters have done as you and your daughters have done. Look, this was the iniquity of your sister Sodom. She and her daughter had pride, fullness of food, and abundance of idleness. Neither did she strengthen the hand of the poor and needy, and they were haughty and committed abomination before me. Therefore I took them away as I saw fit. Samaria did not commit half of your sins, but you have multiplied your abominations more than they, and have justified your sisters by all the abominations which you have done. You who judged your sisters bear your own shame also, because the sins which you committed were more abominable than theirs. They are more righteous than you. Yes, be disgraced also and bear your own shame because you justified your sisters. And so, instead of being a blessing to the nations around, instead of being a testimony, you could say, to all the nations around them, they instead justified their own lifestyles. And I understand, I know this is the Old Testament, you might say, that's out of context or something. This was a lesson from before. This is not for us anymore. But how much more so to us. God promised not to dwell in a tent like he did for the Israelites. He did not promise to lead them anymore like he used to. But he decided to dwell inside of us now in the new covenant. He no longer promises to bless them if they follow the rules, so to speak. He promises to make his home inside of us, specifically inside of us. He's given us, he has given us his word. He has given us his Holy Spirit. And how much more so now in our time should we live in such a way that the people around us could say, that, that is a person, that is an individual, or Lord willing, if all of Christianity here in America could say, this is a people that is wise and full of understanding. Why is this important, you might say? If you want to be used by God, there is nothing less that we can do. There is nothing less that we can do but live this lifestyle. Otherwise, we end up having a problem. What was that problem? What is a New Testament example we could give? And this is where I wanted to turn to Galatians chapter 2. And this is a very short example. Galatians chapter 2, verse 11. This is Apostle Paul saying this. Apostle Paul had a problem. He was gone. He was somewhere else. He was preaching the word. And he hears a report about what's going on back with the other apostles. And there was some hypocrisy going on. And what's happening is 
the testimony and the ministry of Jesus Christ, the evangelism of Jesus Christ, it is slowly, ever so slowly weakening. It is becoming unfruitful. And this is Galatians chapter 2 starting from verse 11. Now when Peter had come to Antioch, I withstood him to his face because he was to be blamed. For before certain men came from James, he would eat with the Gentiles. But when they came, he withdrew and separated himself, fearing those who were of the circumcision. And the rest of the Jews also played the hypocrite with him, so that even Barnabas was carried away with their hypocrisy. So if I, Dennis, me, me, Dennis, I'm not talking about you, Dennis, if I come to my place of work, wherever it is, and there is an unbeliever, and they know that I proclaim to be a Christian. They ask me, what do you do on the weekend? I say, I go to church. Ah, are you a Christian? Yes, sir. Yes, I am. And they look at my lifestyle and they say, Dennis acts just like me. Dennis dresses just like me. Dennis talks just like me. Dennis listens to the same music I do. He smells just like me. He is everything that I am except that he says he has this religion. I don't need any of that. If my lifestyle is not godly before man, if it is not a Christ-honoring lifestyle that I live, I will do exactly what Israel did, and I will be justifying the world around me. If I do not overcome the sins that are in my life, whatever they may be, in some instances, maybe you lack patience. Maybe you get angry very easily. Maybe you're very stingy. Maybe you're very greedy. There are so many areas where we testify of our God to the people around us. And if my life is no different from theirs, I will by no means bring them to Christ. I will justify them in their lifestyle. Why, do I, why did I want to preach this? There is a lot of people, it is, Christianity is not something that is very exclusive to born-again believers. There are many people that are not born again, who bear the name of Jesus Christ, who bear Christianity, yet do not live a Christian lifestyle. There are many people who claim to worship God, they claim to serve the living God, and they claim to believe in the Trinity and this and this and that, and they can name the preacher to you, they can name a Christian band, they can name their favorite verse to you, but their lifestyle justifies nothing remotely close to the Christian lifestyle. And so I wanted to encourage us, let us be set apart. I know it is very popular nowadays to use our freedom, to use this, so to speak, to use this freedom we got from Jesus Christ to do the exact opposite and to say, I can act just like the world. I can dress just like the world. I don't know how many times, and those of you who have done the same thing, I can't speak on behalf of a girl, but in behalf of the boys, if I was to wear a suit, on a Sunday morning, and then go out to the store afterwards. It is very easy to get people's attention when you dress differently. It is very easy to get people's attention just by dressing like a Christian. And you haven't even said anything to them, but you've already become that witness to their conscience. This person who hasn't gone to church in years sees you Sunday morning at the store dressed like you came from church, and his conscience is hurt. 
because he knows he hasn't been to church in a long time. Or when a person looks at the music that you listen to and he remembers, I used to listen to that kind of music and I don't anymore. His conscience is hurt by that. And so this lifestyle, this testimony to the world around us is most effective when we live it correctly. When there is no hypocrisy. When we do not justify the world around us. And that is when we are most fruitful to the kingdom of God. If we justify a lifestyle that is not Christ-honoring, if I say, God, it is okay for me to do this or this or that because of my freedom in Christ, it doesn't matter. My problem is not that I am not doing enough. I can't be too religious. I know that is a very popular thing right now to say, you're being too religious. You should be more free. Christianity is not a religion. It's a relationship. I heard that ever since I was in middle school, 12, 13, I heard that. It's a relationship, not a religion. And then they throw out the verses in the New Testament that literally say, this is the right religion. The one where we feed the hungry. We are visiting the orphans and the widows. And this is what God seeks. And instead we say something really trendy like, Christianity is not a religion, it's a relationship. And it's not that people are going to hell, but we become unfruitful to God when we compromise in these little areas. And so that's what I wanted to encourage you guys with. Don't be scared to be set apart. Don't be scared to dress like a Christian. Don't be scared to listen to Christian music. Don't, be, don't hide the fact that you like to listen to hymns. Don't be embarrassed that you listen to hymns. When I was young, I would be embarrassed. Oh, I don't want them to think I listen to that kind of music. That's old-fashioned. Don't be embarrassed that you take the word for what it says. Don't be embarrassed that you trust God. Don't be embarrassed about your Christian lifestyle, if it is a truly Christian lifestyle. So I think it is appropriate. Let's just pray. Let's bless the rest of the service, whatever God has to speak to us. And that God might even strengthen us, that we would continue to live the lifestyle he has called us to. Lord God, I thank you for your word. I thank you that you've given me a Bible that gives me examples, Father, of a chosen nation, a chosen people, one that you spoke directly to, my God, on that burning mountain, my God, the one with which you did miracles, my God, that nation which you led out with a pillar of fire by night and a cloud by day, my God. Even they could not enter into the promised land, God, because of their sin, my God, of their disobedience, their stubbornness, my God, to submit to your word, my God, and to submit to your commandments, my God. Father, you have given me a law by which I can be a wise and understanding people to the world around me, my God. Something by which I can be a salt to this world around me, Father. But I am sinful, my God, and I fall short in so many ways, my God. I am sometimes ashamed, Father. I am sometimes embarrassed, my God. And I sometimes lack the boldness, Father, to take your word seriously, my God. Father, I am sometimes ashamed, Father, to preach your word, Lord, to evangelize to those around me, my God. And I know, Father, that you are faithful, Lord, and you have given me concepts, my God, principles by which I can live this Christian lifestyle, Lord, honoring you and glorifying you, my God. I know, Father, reading your word, that Jesus Christ grew in testimony before man and before you, my God. I should do likewise, my God. There is nothing shameful, Father, in dressing differently, Lord. There's nothing shameful, Father, in listening to God-fearing music, my God. We love you, Father, and we want to honor you. We want to worship you, and we want you to be glorified in our lifestyles, my God. 
that those around us could say, this is a wise and understanding people, Father. We worship you. Be with us on the rest of the service. Speak to us, God. Transform us, Father, I pray, Lord, that ultimately, my God, we would be more like your son, Jesus Christ, my God, that ultimately we might be conformed into the image of the Holy Son. Hallelujah, my God. You are faithful and you've given us a spirit, my God, about which you lead us and guide us and direct us, my God. If I am faithful, Lord, you will be faithful still. Even when I am not faithful, you are faithful still, God. We love you, Father. Be with us, I pray, in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Praise the Lord. Slava Bogu. He deserves the glory. Praise the Lord. Praise God. Praise God. He does deserve the glory. All the glory belongs to Him. Um, I feel that God is already here. He's already started doing His work in our hearts. In my heart, I'm the first one. And, and я не хотел бы угасить этого огня Духа Святого. Братья, еще после меня будут говорить, участвовать. Um, но все зависит от нас, вы знаете. Everything depends on us. If we're going to open our heart, if we're going to receive, be open before God, broken before God. And broken means not ignorant, not relying on our past experiences. But if today, if today you don't have if the Holy Spirit is not working in you today, you need God. You need Jesus. You need to be humble yourself before Him. And you need to seek His face. Because tomorrow is not in our ability to control. Do you hear me? Can everybody hear me well? Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Thank you for... Thank you, God, for good hearing and good eyesight. I'm going to be very short. I'm going to make a call uh, to prayer. And the basis or my main point today um, is going to be, um, I'm going to talk about the fasting. I'm going to be talking about fasting. But before we go into that, I want to comment on something that Dennis spoke. And Dennis spoke about being different in this world. Um, <clears throat> you know, we could all bring m multiple examples about being different in this world. And he also touched on the friendships and friends. And you know, in my personal life, uh, being 15 years, at least 15 years, I think, as a Christian, in my personal life, I've seen that friendship can either bring you closer to God or can lead you astray from God. Friendship is so vital in our life. The people that influence us, our motives, our decisions, our everything, it's big. It's big. And the first thing that God did in my life, I used to hang out with church-going kids, brothers and sisters. But it was not bringing me any closer to God. It was actually leading me away from God. The people that were going to church, люди, которые ходят сегодня, которые сидят здесь, в этом зале. I'm not talking about someone else. Люди, которые сидят здесь. 
Они могут или помочь тебе прийти к Богу, или не могут тебе помочь быть далеко от Бога. And I want to emphasize that because God is speaking to some people and He's telling them that your friendships destroy you, destroy your relationship with your parents, and they lead me and they lead you away. They keep you away from God. The first thing that God did before I got closer to Him, He helped me to separate from my friends. And if you still think that you're going to change your friends, oh, great is your faith. <laughs> Because it is not simple. You have to be twice as strong of a Christian to bring somebody back to Christ. You have to be a strong Christian to bring somebody to Christ. But a lot of times, чаще всего случается, что они уводят тебя от Христа. I want to emphasize that and uh, just leave you with the thought um, because I believe God is speaking to some people that they need to look at their friendships and their relationships in their life uh, before they can get closer with God. And God help you uh, with making those decisions and praying to God and asking to lead you uh, how to do it. And my message is going to be... Um, My message is going to be today about slavery. How exciting. <laughs> Actually, about fasting. I, as you guys know, in uh, every year we have a state fast. И в этом году будет точно такой пост в конце этой недели, пятница, суббота и воскресенье. The three days is going to be a state fast um, that we will be praying with the whole youth of the Washington State. And the main theme, главная тема этого штата, это молитва за студентов. The prayer for people who are going to school, back to school, college, universities, um, that God would help them, that God would lead them, that God would use them, save them in this world, and for them to be the light and the salt. So that's the prayer and, and, and the main goal of this fast. A three-day fast. And if I may ask you, who has fasted for three days? <laughs> Don't be ashamed to raise your hand, but who fasted for three days? There are some people that did. Thank you. I know a lot, of, a lot more people are probably shy and they don't want somebody to uh, think of them highly and take their reward and so on. But at the moment, I'm not going to ask you, but... Um, Three days of fasting, three дня поститься, это не просто, это не легко. And um, and and if you haven't done it before, I don't probably even recommend you to do it all three days. Um, maybe start with two days, maybe start with one day, if you haven't done one day fast. But you're not gonna die. I'll promise you, if you do a three day fast, you're not gonna die. Andre is my witness. <laughs> he's, he's, uh, he's going to college to be a, a, a doctor, so um, he can testify that. Um, so if you're going to do a three-day fast, it's going to be hard. If you've never done it, uh, drink some water, but you're going to be okay. Um, and, um, but the fast is ahead of us, and, and we're all going to make a choice. Am I going to do it? 
Or am I going to skip? Am I going to find something that, uh, find an excuse, right? And say, ah, I'm not going to do it this time. Maybe I'll do it some other time. And I'll talk about the types of fasting that we can do and, and, and all that. But I strongly believe, I'm going to read uh, the same passage that Dennis read. Um, I strongly believe that God is, is leading us and he wants us to be somewhere. But our flesh, наша плоть, она нам мешает. Очень часто она становится на пути нашего освящения. Very often our flesh is, is a stumbling block for us. Or, or we, we pay attention, we give more credit, we give more food to the flesh than to the spirit. And we keep feeding the flesh and asking the question, why cannot I be victorious? What's wrong? Is Christ different? Is grace different? God's grace is all sufficient. It's all powerful. But what's going on? Почему в моей жизни нет победы? And we keep feeding the flesh. We keep feeding the flesh and not feeding the spirit, starving the spirit. The spirit of God that is within us, the new life, the life of Jesus Christ, the son of God that is within us. And I'm starving, starving that new life. And I'm asking the question, why am I not victorious? Why am I still struggling with this? Why am I still falling through this? Why do I do this and that? And why is God's word not all powerful and all changing in my life? Why does it not work? And I believe the, the scripture the scripture has some answers for us. I'm going to read um, Romans chapter 6. Romans chapter 6, the Rimlianam 6 глава, 17 по 19 стих. Romans chapter 6, 17 through 19. I'm going to be reading in English. I believe we'll have a PowerPoint um, here. But thanks be to God that though you were slaves of sin, you became obedient from the heart to that form of teaching to which you were committed. And having been freed from sin, you became slaves, slaves of righteousness. I am speaking in human terms because of the weakness of your flesh. For just as you presented your members as slaves to impurity and to lawlessness, resulting in further lawlessness, so now present your members as slaves to righteousness, resulting in sanctification. Paul is boiling this down, the whole chapter, chapter 6, when he talks about being dead for the flesh, alive for Christ. He boils everything down at the end and he says, I am speaking in human terms because of weakness of your flesh. Just like you were presenting your members, just like you served as a slave to sin, in the same manner, present yourself for the service of God, of Christ. Точно так, как вы наслаждались, он говорит, грехами, как вы позволяли вашему телу быть порабощенному для греха, 
Точно так, представьте ваше тело. Представьте себя в эту жертву живую. Живую. You know what living sacrifice means? It's kicking and screaming. Because it doesn't like to be sacrificed. And guess what? Those of you who's gonna, who will make a, a choice this Friday to be and to fast, you will feel that. You will experience that firsthand. A kicking and screaming sacrifice when your body, your flesh says, no, you can't do it. You cannot do this to yourself. But the Spirit, but the Spirit will be empowered through the fellowship with Christ. Praise the Lord. Praise God. And He says, in the same manner as you presented your bodies, your members to the to slavery, to sin, being slaves to sin, in the same manner, present your bodies as slaves to righteousness. You know, I think here in America, we're so, we're so, um, we're so accustomed to the teaching and to the um, ideology of, of, of individualism, of self-worth and self Um, exalting the self, exalting a person, превозношение вот человека как личности. And we think that we have choice in everything. I can choose anything and everything. I'm a free person, right? Isn't that right? But guess what? You're not free. If you believed in Jesus Christ and you accepted his sacrifice and you were baptized, you proclaim that you are not your own, but you belong to Christ. You made yourself a slave to Christ and to righteousness. And you guess what? You don't have a free will. You gave your will to serve Christ. For the rest of your life. So when the flesh is telling you that you have a choice to pray tonight or not to pray, to fast or not to pray or fast, be bold and tell it. Tell the flesh how it is. I do not have a choice. I already made my choice. I belong to Christ. Я принадлежу Христу. Мой выбор был сделан давно уже. Я принадлежу Христу. And this is the path of victory. This is the path of a strong Christian. This is the way, this is the, the, the narrow way that Christ was talking about. He was not talking about the way that you can do whatever you want to do and still believe that you're a Christian. This is not the way that he presented. This is not the way that Christ walked. And this is not the way that Christ is walking today. But the way is narrow, and the gate is narrow. The way is narrow. Are you walking the narrow way today? I'm asking that myself. Am I walking the narrow way? Or am I walking the easy way? Where's no Christ? Christ is not on the easy path. So the question today is, 
Am I giving Christ, the Son of God, that lives within me, enough room? Am I allowing Him to grow and to be magnified and to work in me and to, to have His will within me and in my life? Or am I feeding the flesh and choosing the way of the flesh, choosing the path that the flesh dictates me? What is where I am? Где я нахожусь сегодня? That's the ultimate question. And my call today, we're going to go to prayer, but my call today for all of us is to examine ourselves, is to examine ourselves and to make that choice, make that decision to seek His face, to seek God and to do whatever it takes to get closer to Him. I'm going to be reading next passage, uh, Romans chapter 8, uh, verse 10. Romans 8 verse 10 says, If Christ is in you, if Christ is in you, though the body is dead because of sin, yet the spirit is alive because of righteousness. Hallelujah. The body is dead because of sin, because we crucified our body, our desires with Christ. But the spirit is alive. Because of righteousness. Why? Because few verses up here he said, because the mind set on the flesh is hostile toward God, for it does not subject itself to the law of God, for it is not even able to do so. It is not even able to subject itself to God's law. Only the mind that is set on the spirit, the mind that is being enriched by the Spirit, by the Word of God, by prayer. So when you're not praying, when I'm not praying, when I'm not feeding off of God's Word, guess what? We're starving the Son of God within us. That new life, the life of the Son of God within us. And He does not have the power over our flesh, over our life. But when we choose, make that decision, Subject to God. I'm going to subject to God. I'm going to humble myself. I'm going to do whatever it takes to get closer to Christ. That's when He has power uh, within us, in our lives. We're going to be finishing up um, and we will pray. But just a few, несколько таких практических моментов. Practically, how do you fast? Как поститься правильно? I know every time the fast is approaching, um, my f- body, my flesh is fearing. And I, I can think of a thousands of examples or, or excuses why not to fast. I feel weak. I was just recovering from the f- sickness. Um, I have an important meeting that day and so on and so forth. You can think of many examples. <laughs> can think of many examples. But the bottom line is, is doing it. Is doing it. And, I, um, and, and, and there are different types of fasts. There are different types of fasts, you know. Today, um, my biggest emphasis wouldn't be even on food. I want to emphasize that fasting is separation. Separation from 
the routine things that you do, the things that you normally would do um, to entertain yourself. Do you hear me? To entertain yourself that you would normally do, separate those, that has to go first. So if you're online, if you're on internet, if you're on social media, take a fast from that. Take a fast first and foremost from that. Because guess what? If you're going to be not eating and you're going to be all day on the internet, I'll tell you what's going to happen. You're going to be irritated and you're going to say, what is this fast all about? I don't get anything out of it. That's not the way to fast. The fast, the reason for fasting is to humble yourself, is to, is to humble your flesh, first of all. So you can hear God. So you can humble yourself before God. So you can hear God. And the second thing, that you would have time for other people. So you can serve other people. And that's exactly what God desires from us, that we take away eyes from us, from our needs, and we put our eyes, or we, we think about other people and their needs. And God is pleased with that. Этого желает Бог, чтобы мы собрали взгляд себя, чтобы мы перестали думать о своих нуждах, начали думать о нуждах других. Yeah, I'm a, living, I'm a living witness that when you're fasting, when you're fasting, you see all the hungry people at the corners of the streets. But when you're riding with Starbucks, you don't even care about those people. When you're full, when you're self-satisfied, you don't see the need of other people. That's the bottom line. So fasting helps us. Fasting helps us to see the need of our peop other people. And, and, and the first thing is it helps us to separate ourselves from the world, take away eyes from all the destructions that is in, in our world, and look at God, listen to what He wants to tell us, and humble ourselves before Him. Uh, Those are just some practical, practical uh, tips for that. We're going to pray. Мы будем сейчас молиться. Я бы хотел помолиться about very specific need. Я бы хотел помолиться, чтобы Бог дал нам понимание важности освящения в нашей жизни. Чтобы Бог дал нам понимание that God would give us desire to be sanctified by Him. A desire to be pure a desire to seek His face and to get closer to Him. Whatever it takes in our life, whatever obstacles, whatever destructions we have in our life that are in the way of His grace, that are in the way in our life, that God would show us, reveal to us what we need to let go. Let's, let's pray this prayer that God would sanctify us, that God would at least give us desire to go in that direction if I don't have that desire. Would you like to pray with me? Let's stand up. Let's kneel and, and, and pray. Slava Bogu.
Потерпите мне еще немножко, я уеду. Ах, молодежь, молодежь, где мои 18 лет? Вы знаете, я хочу вам сказать, дорогие мои, что Бог вас очень сильно любит. Я хочу, чтобы ты в это поверил, что Бог тебя любит. Понимаешь, какой ты есть. Бог тебя сильно любит. И ты должен в это верить. Дьявол всегда хочет сказать тебе, что Бог тебя не любит. Понимаешь? Да, я служитель. Я вам скажу в жизни, что у меня были ошибки, я падал. Я падал. Но сила праведника знаете в чем? Написано, он семь раз упадет, встанет и пойдет вперед. Аллилуйя! Жив Господь! Дьявол всегда хочет, чтобы ты не верил в это. Понимаешь, Бог настолько тебя сильно любит. Я говорил вначале, когда приехал сюда, я больше, чем теперь уже мне надо уезжать, я понимаю, зачем Богу нужно было мне сюда привести? Каждый день... Это их полтора месяца, и каждый день вечером или днем в какой-то семье. А мы молимся, Бог говорит к семье, поднимает, да, Бог обличает, но Он говорит, что я люблю тебя. Понимаете? Божье желание, чтобы ты не погиб. Божье желание, чтобы ты не погиб, понимаешь? Он хочет тебя спасти. Но есть тот, который всегда хочет это разрушить. Это дьявол. Я хочу, чтобы вы просто поняли, ваше время сегодня стать на сторону Божью. Написано, вы юноши сильны. Почему? Потому что победили лукавого. Я покаялся в 24 года. Я знаю, что такое алкоголь. Я знаю, что такое драться. Я знаю, что такое грех. Я знаю, что такое этот мир. В самом расцвете сил я пришел к Господу, потому что в моей жизни пришло время, когда я понял, что все это из жизни просто прах. Это безумная жизнь, в которой нужно работать для того, чтобы кормить свое чрево и на следующий день снова это делать. Я просто начал думать, Господи, что за безумная жизнь. Что за безумная жизнь? Работать для того, чтобы кормить свое чрево. А потом придет время, когда я должен умереть. Я не хотел так жить. Я понял, это пустая жизнь. Послушайте, молодежь, мне уже 42 года. Каждый день в моей жизни происходит борьба. Она не остановилась. Но Бог никогда не оставляет, когда ты любишь Его. Поймите, то, что здесь написано в Библии, это правда. Поймите меня. Это правда. За дверями дома молитвы или твоего дома, где ты живешь, начинается война. Однажды у меня много детей, и один из них начал, ну, ведет себя неправильно, неадекватно, я так скажу. Кричит, пищит, верещит, вот так. Я, я чувствую, что уже начинает недовольствие подходить. Я терплю, терплю, думаю, как уже успокоить? Я просишь, просишь, 
Да? Не успокаивайся, ребенок, я и говорю, во имя Иисуса Христа, я тебе запрещаю злой дух. И когда я проговорил эти слова, у жены моей она видит видение и откровение есть. Она видит видение. Когда я повелеваю и во имя Иисуса говорю, выйди злый дух, она видит змею, такая короткая маленькая змея, которая подошла к ребенку и начала обвивать ее ноги. И в тот момент, когда я сказал во имя Иисуса, выйди, эта змея выскочила из моего дома. Написано наше брание против духов злобы, наше брание против плоти и крови, а против духов злобы поднебесной. Это реальность войны, которую вы должны понимать, жизни, в которой вам встретится жизнь, в которой вам нужно будет встретиться с Богом. И теперь я задаю вопрос. Послушайте, готов ли ты к встрече с Богом? Если бы сегодня было пришествие Иисуса Христа, сегодня, Поднимите руки те, которые готовы встретиться с Господом. Представьте, стоит белый престол, перед ним сидит Небесный Отец. Написано, когда Исаия увидел, он пал как мертвый. Когда он понял могущество и величие Бога, он написано, пал как мертвый. Когда Иоанн повстречался и увидел Бога, он упал ниц, написано. Бог, Бог когда мне однажды представили, кто такой Бог, я просто не мог, настолько это было ярко выражено, что я не мог понять, кто такой Бог. Да? И такой пример. Может ли ребенок, который находится в утробе матери, посмотреть на свою мать? Может или нет? Пока он находится в утробе. Не может. Написано, что Бог вездесущий, и мы в Боге. Это такой пример, когда мы находимся в Боге. Написано, земля – это подножие ног Его, а небо – это престол. Если подумать, что такое великий Бог, ты поймешь. Я поэтому хочу тебя спросить сегодня, готов ли ты к встрече с Богом? Я знаю, я был молодой. И знаете, как думают молодые? О, мне 18 лет, Господи, ну ты же понимаешь, ну я же не мог. Там меня друг сказал это сделать, давай покурим, выпьем, выпьем пиво. Это друг сказал, но я же не виноват. Послушайте, я читаю место из Писания. Это Евангелие от Матфея, 24 глава. Истина, 24 глава, с 34 стиха. Истина, говорю вам, не придет род сей, как все сие будет. Небо и земля придут, но слова мои не придут. О дне же том и часе никто не знает, ни ангелы небесные, а только Отец мой один. Но как было в одни Ноя, так будет и в пришествии Сына Человеческого. Ибо как в одни перед потопом ели, пили, женились и выходили замуж до того дня, как вошел Ной в ковчег. Давайте немножко мы вернемся в то время. Вы представляете, ковчег это корабль, заходят 8 человек, всего 8 человек туда. Это семья Ноя, и дверь закрывается, ее закрывает ангел. А теперь подумайте, кто остался за этими дверями. Это были матери, это были беременные женщины, это были отцы. Это были маленькие дети. Это были 
юноши. Это были девицы. И написано, потоп покрыл всю землю. Послушай, это серьезно. Понимаешь, если ты сегодня в проблеме, если ты не готов к встрече с Богом, ты в проблеме, дорогой мой. В прошлом году в соседнем селе мы похоронили юношу в 19 лет. Умер от рака. Понимаешь, твою веру Бог испытает. Вера в Бога – это не просто посещение молодежного служения. Вера в Бога – это не посещение дома молитвы. Это намного больше. Это борьба за жизнь. Это борьба доказать свою верность Богу. За этот месяц я уже встречался с тремя семьями, у которых нет детей. И они плачут и молятся, просят детей у Бога. Готов, готова или готов ты, когда ты женишься и выйдешь замуж, если Бог тебе не даст детей? Я знаю, я знаю одну семью, в которой семь лет молились, и Бог не давал им детей. До тех пор, пока та молодая женщина не приняла решение, сказала, Господи, я буду тебя любить, даже если ты не дашь мне детей. Понимаешь, жизнь – это не просто слова. Это не просто потому, что ты здесь пришел, один час побыл на молитве, и все – за дверями дома молитвы начинается борьба за твою веру. Итак, я возвращаюсь к, твоему, к своему вопросу. Готов ли ты сегодня к Господу? Встречи с Богом. Поднимите руку. Кто готов встречи с Богом? Хорошо подумайте. Хорошо подумайте. Я не говорю это с тем, чтобы кто не мог поднять руку, укрыть вас. Дорогие мои, Поймите, что Бог тебя любит сегодня. И ты на этом месте. Не для того, чтобы просто пробыть время. Понимаешь, может быть, с сегодняшнего дня твоя жизнь начнется по-другому. Тебе нужно обратиться к Богу. Понимаешь? Слово Божие говорит, о дне же том и часе никто не знает, когда придет Сын Человеческий. Я хочу обратиться к тем. Сегодня кто не имеет дерзновения склониться перед Богом и сказать, я готов. Я обращаюсь сегодня к тем, кто хочет сегодня быть с Богом. Обращаюсь к тем, которые понимают, что их жизнь есть ошибки. Если ты это понимаешь сегодня. Давай мы помолимся с тобой вместе. Слышишь? Я встану вместе с тобой на колени и помолюсь за тебя. Помолюсь за тебя, чтобы ты вошел сюда другим. Знаешь, сколько молитв возносится от матерей и отцов за твою жизнь. Сколько родители бьются до того, чтобы ты понял, что мир тебя просто съест. Дьявол тебя погубит в этой жизни. Я думаю, что уже многие вкусили от, этой, от этого зла и уже ничего не могут сделать. От этого рабства. Очень много мне принимало приходилось принимать исповедание, когда молодые опускают голову и говорят, я больше так жить не могу, потому что встал на дорогу греха, а обратной силы вернуться нету. Аллилуйя. Если ты сегодня не боишься стать вместе со мной на колени и помолиться Богу, 
Я знаю, может быть, ты уже это делал. Может быть, ты уже не веришь в это. Может быть, ты не один раз уже просил Бога, чтобы Он тебя просил. Бог написано об одном кающемся грешнике. Радуется ангел на небесах. Понимаешь? Насколько Бог тебя любит. Аллилуйя, жив Господь. Аллилуйя. Есть такие здесь? Есть такие здесь, смелые, которые хотят склониться перед живым Богом? Есть? Я знаю, что есть. Я знаю. Аллилуйя. Не бойтесь мнения людей. Знаете, что самое страшное для людей? Это сегодня мнение людей. Что скажут люди? Что скажут люди? Что скажут братья? Я выйду на покаяние. Слушай, что скажет о тебе Бог. Дорогая душа, я тебя люблю. Аллилуйя. Вот этот месяц я много раз видел, когда выходили на покаяние, как люди плакали, как каялись перед Богом, как радовались потом, когда вставали с колен и шли домой. Для них время пришло освобождение. Аллилуйя. Знаешь, я не хочу, чтобы ты пошел в погибель. И Бог этого не хочет. Давай сегодня будем искренне перед Господом. Считанные люди подняли руки, что не готовы к встрече с Господом. Вернее, готовы. Слава Богу, благослови вас Господь. Я хочу, чтобы мы сейчас помолились за тех, которые не готовы. Я стану вместе с вами на колени здесь. Мы готовы за вас молиться. Кто хочет, чтобы мы за вас помолились? Будешь ли ты один? Будет ли вас двое? Я буду благодарить Господа. Написано об одном кающемся грешнике. Будут радоваться ангелы. Аллилуйя. Давайте встанем для молитвы. Пожалуйста, если ты понимаешь, хочешь прийти к Иисусу, склониться перед Ним, Аллилуйя, спеши на это место. Аллилуйя.